Experience Action Let's stop just talking about customer experience, employee experience, and the experience of leaders. Let's turn ideas into action. Your host, Jeannie Walters, is an award-winning customer experience expert, international keynote speaker, and founder of Experience Investigators, a strategic consulting firm helping companies increase sales and customer retention through elevated customer experiences. Ready, set, action. One, two, Hi, everyone. This is Jeannie Walters. We're going to be talking about how to work with your CX team. And we got a great question to get us started. Thank you for sharing so much, Jeannie. I like how you organize the thoughts we all have around CX. My question is, how does the CX charter address potential conflicts or challenges? And does it provide guidelines for resolution that prioritizes the customer's experience? Thank you. Thank you so much for this question. I think that, you know, first of all, let's back up a little bit and talk about what a customer experience charter is. Now, you may have heard of customer charters, and sometimes those are documented about what are the promises that we've made to customers in certain organizations. That's the language they use. What we're talking about here is a customer experience charter, and it's really a document to help the team be more efficient and effective in really delivering on results. I started creating these with clients because of two things. One is I looked at what the best project managers did. The best project managers always have a project charter. And this document essentially says, this is the goal. This is how we're going to get here. These are the limitations and this is how we're all going to work. Now. I'm sure some project managers out there will say it's more detailed than that and I'm simplifying, which is absolutely true. But the whole idea of it is to kind of simplify the conversation that we're having and make sure that we're all on the same page. So that was one reason. I looked at projects that ran really well and I had all this respect for great project managers who did that. And then the other side of this was that I saw how a lot of customer experience teams are built on what we cheekily call the side of the desk, right? We say to somebody who has a zillion other responsibilities, they probably have a title like in operations or digital or marketing or HR. And we say, hey, we're going to be working on the customer experience. We have this little team put together. We'd really love if you participated because we're really working on you know, fill in the blank, the employee experience or the digital experience or the processes to help people in our retail stores deliver faster service, whatever it is. We need other people involved. We need cross-functional support. And the only way we can do this is if we have our colleagues, our friends throughout the organization really participate when we are trying to tackle something like the customer journey. I started seeing that, and then I started seeing certain behaviors again and again. CX teams would be led by somebody very earnestly, often called a customer champion or an advocate. They would have somebody who kind of deputizes people who are included in this CX team. They would say, hey, you seem to really like talking to customers and being nice to customers and thinking of the customer. So we're going to we're going to deputize you as the 
customer champion or the customer advocate for your department, your team, your organization. We really want you to be part of this meeting that we have once a month, once every other month, once every two weeks, whenever it was, because we're going to bring all of you together and talk about the customer experience. And the first meeting, maybe the second one even, would be okay. But that's where they were kind of trying to find their way, get their footing. And often they weren't as productive as people wanted. There's a point of all this. So then it became easy to say, oh, gosh, I can't make it this time. And because they're not held accountable and because it's not part of their actual job description, the team starts falling apart. And there are maybe one or two advocates who are still trying, but they don't have the influence over the team to really require them to show up for this meeting or require them to do what we're asking them to do. And this is part of what makes customer experience strategy and management within an organization so challenging. Oftentimes, customer experience leaders have influence, but not authority. They don't have a way to have accountability to other people or to hold others accountable. So when I started seeing this again and again, I was working with a client and we were building a CX team and I realized that half of that team was not really in this with their job description. This was just something extra they were supposed to care about. And so we talked about ways to overcome that in the future, but sometimes you are dealt the hand you're dealt, right? That is correct. So we created something called a CX charter. And when we kicked off that first meeting, we went through six questions with everybody. And these are the six questions of the CX Charter. And if you're looking for how to do this, please check out experienceinvestigators.com. We have resources for you there. But these are the six questions. And then I'm going to zero in on the last one to answer this question. So what is our CX vision? Now, you'll notice I use the term vision here. But really, that's because not everybody has a CX mission statement. I hope if you are listening, you already have that CX mission statement, because that will really guide you to the future. But you want to understand what are you trying to do for your customers, no matter what. What are our CX goals and objectives? Now, this ties right in to what we call the customer experience success statement. We want to define what are we trying to do here, folks? Let's make sure that we aren't just collecting feedback for feedback's sake. Let's make sure that we have real business outcomes. Real business outcomes. I'm gonna say it twice because it's so important. That is what we wanna define and how our CX efforts are going to contribute to that. So yes, we might have goals around net promoter score or customer feedback metrics or adoption of certain tools, but those are all tied to bigger organizational goals. So we use the CX mission statement and then the CX success statement to build our CX charter. What are our roles and responsibilities? This is where we get into the detail of, you know what, uh, Jimmy from finance, there's a reason we want you on this team. We want you on this team because we are building a model about you know how we can influence the financial results of this more. We wanna make sure we're tracking those things. Actually, we also have a bit of feedback about how we invoice clients. And we wanna to talk to you and include you in that discussion so we can improve that touch point. 
whatever it is. But we want to get clear on who's doing what when. This includes if you are switching off leadership for the meeting, which is another pattern I see. We don't have a true leader for these teams. It's almost like a volunteer committee. And so if you are shifting, you know, who's running which meeting, you're going to document that into your charter. How can we prioritize CX efforts? And here's the thing. Prioritization comes up so much in customer experience because we often get input from so many places. We're watching the customer feedback. We want to prioritize what they're saying. But you know what? Our C-suite is prioritizing something else and they've asked us to do something about it. We are getting some input from the employee training committee and the learning and development team because they want more around that. Now, which of those things is most important? They're all important. And that's the trick here. So what we need to do is make sure that we are agreed on what are we looking at for priorities. So what I usually say is ideally, the CX team will review critical CX measurements and insights on a regular basis. So what this means is that every single time you meet with this team, or every single time you are communicating or setting your goals, you are including specific things that you're looking at for insights and directing the team that way. Things like customer feedback data. This is where net promoter score and customer effort score and those relational and transactional feedback metrics we use. This is really where we talk about that, right? And we also want to use this team to ideally, again, not every time, but ideally oversee the way customers are asked for feedback. Asking for feedback is an act of engagement. We need to treat it that way. Operational data, like product return rates, customer wait times, or even employee retention. This is where you wanna make sure you're including this. Recommendations from customer insight initiatives, like customer journey mapping or service blueprinting programs. Future-focused strategic initiatives. This is where we wanna look at what are those improvements that we want to make? What are the resources we need? What do we need to ask for? What is the timeline? And then we want to get into those identified issues requiring more maybe nuance or focused energy um, at the team or departmental level. Like oftentimes there are programs around NPS outer loop issues. This is where you would pull in that conversation. So essentially what the CX Charter is doing is you're documenting and defining the way things should be prioritized, including any limitations or agreements. So this might be a simple reminder of the CX success statement. For example, it might state that CX efforts will be prioritized based on prioritizing the goal of creating a more accessible experience for customers aligned with specific budget or resource requirements. How will success be measured and what outcomes will be rewarded? So the outcome of a CX team meeting could be seeking approval on the next set of priorities, or it could be following up on ongoing CX efforts already approved and assigned, or it could be both. But we wanna make sure we wanna define how are we prioritizing as a team. Who needs to know what we're doing and who needs to approve? That's very important. Leadership buy-in is a critical element in any customer experience program. That means keeping stakeholders engaged in this process and communicating those little victories along the way, those need to be prioritized because 
This is how we build CX throughout the organization. The best way is to share both data and stories that connect emotionally. So these internal strategies are often neglected, frankly, until they become necessary to save a program. What you want to do is be proactive and intentional. You hear me say those words a lot because this is what I believe. We need to be proactive and intentional about communicating, getting that approval, and doing it in a way that also reflects the positive results of this program, not just when we're asking for resources, not just when we are trying to save the program. So think about what does the internal communication strategy look like? Who is responsible for that communication strategy? If you have a team of people, is there one person you want to say, you're going to be the one who's listening and making sure that we're communicating out to the organization? And then finally, what is the ongoing cadence of communication and what expectations should be set? Consider what leaders need to know today and what leaders may need to know tomorrow. This will answer the question of how a CX charter can really help you resolve conflict, avoid things, things like that. The last question of your CX charter is how will this team work together? We have to work together. And this is both a philosophical kind of emotional question and it's a basic logistical question. We want to make sure every single person understands the expectations and that we have permission on this team to hold one another accountable. Because as I said, as teams are built, they're often populated with employees who have volunteered or what I like to call being voluntold to be part of the team. There are often misunderstandings or miscommunications about how seriously these leaders should take their role on the team. And it becomes obvious when some leaders are regularly showing up and participating and others are showing up just uh, kind of when they want to and not willing to commit to actual next steps. Wishy-washy decisions. And it's also important to have someone, and this is where I put all the respect back on those project managers. If you have a great project manager to help guide these meetings, follow up with attendees, and document activities and accountabilities, you will have a more successful program. If a separate project manager is not available, then defining these things becomes that much more important. It's a good idea to outline what expectations are between meetings. These types of things can seem like quote unquote common sense, but the very definition of common sense can vary from person to person. I'm sure you've seen this in your life which is why it's a good idea to commit to these logistics in a CX charter to document these agreements. So simple questions to ask, how will leaders on this team show up for one another? And just talk about that from the very beginning. How many times and how often will we meet? What action steps are promised and how are those things communicated between meetings? Doing this in an upfront, proactive and intentional way can help avoid a lot of those conflicts that we see, can help avoid communication errors and confusion and resentment. And so we want this team to be a super positive experience for everybody involved. And the only way we can do that is if we're very honest upfront. You've heard me say in the past that sometimes CX is about sharing the hard truths. I gotta be honest with you. By setting up your charter for success, 
you have fewer hard truths to share that are a surprise. People will be acknowledging from the beginning, yes, I need to know when I am not being held accountable. I need to know when I can say to you, wow, you promised me that that was part of our charter. It gives people a different set of parameters. It gives people empowerment to actually move the ball forward with customer experience. So if you are ready to start, if you have this idea, if you are building your team, the other thing a charter can help you do is as you add people to the team or they roll off or you ask for subject matter experts to participate in a short-term way, this document helps everybody stay on the same page and avoid what I call corporate oral history. I'm sure you've been in projects where you ask three people, so how did this start and why are we here? And you get three different answers. A charter can help you avoid that too. Go forth, build your charter, keep doing what you're doing. Every single one of you out there, I feel like is making incredibly positive change within your organizations. So if you aren't hearing that enough, please know that you're hearing that from me. I see what you're doing. I see your hard work and I see that you are trying to do the right thing in sometimes very challenging situations. I hope that tools like a CX Charter, our CX Success Statement, the CX Mission Statement, those can empower you even more. So please go to the website, experienceinvestigators.com. You can find resources to build your own. And if you want even more, we have options like CXI Flight School. So check all of that out. And I cannot wait to hear your next amazing, fascinating customer experience focused question. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next week. To learn more about our strategic approach to experience, check out free resources at experienceinvestigators.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, our Year of CX program, and more. And please follow me, Jeannie Walters, on LinkedIn.